When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So tonight, we are going to do a Q&A from questions from Twitter, from a couple of different tweets in the, the mailbox. Uh, we're doing this because people said that they couldn't always make it to the live stream, and they have questions to ask. Now, I haven't actually, I've glanced at them, but I haven't looked through them, so you're going to get off-the-cuff answers as if it was a live stream. Why do you always use GIFs? of women to express your emotions. That's what we're starting with, huh? Um, well, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> no, uh, women are generally, generally more emotive in their expressions, so they're more clear. That's, that's why I use it, I guess. I don't know. That's probably worthy of a psychological study. Bo, on the off chance you read this, do you have any thoughts on right-wing media spreading stuff like this? Uh, not necessarily focused on this video in particular, but rather the trend of anti-intellectualism. That's a very strong current in the United States. Um, there's the idea that your opinion matters as much as the facts. They don't. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, everybody has a right to have an opinion. Everybody has a right to say their opinion. Not every opinion has a right to be heard. Um, a lot of people express opinions that are just irrelevant. I mean, that's a horrible thing to say, but it's true. Um, the guy feeding you stuff on the teleprompter from Fox or any of these other networks, it is what it is. If, if that's how you get your information and you only trust a couple of outlets, you're only going to get part of the story. You're only going to be. You're just going to be misinformed. Um, so, yeah, the right wing media does it. The, the, the left wing media does it to some degree. Um, they tend to be more factual, but only because their viewers are more open to new ideas and they get caught faster. I don't think it's an ethical thing. I think it's they just <laughs> they've learned not to do it. Um, Getting more and more requests to train folks in firearms. Never thought of it as a business, but it's taking a lot of my time and I'm going to have to charge. So far, safety is free, but I have to start charging for proficiency. I'm good at it. Infantry There's a resume here with personal details I'm not going to say. Um, okay, so the rate that you're, you're, you're saying is what you work for normally. Um, at your shop, that's fair. That is fair. When you're talking about actual range time, that's fair. Um, if you're doing a group, as you say that you have here, I, I wouldn't charge each of them that. I, I would maybe total double this amount and break it up. If you've got five people, split that up among the five. Um, that way it is worth your time because it, a side gig like that can eventually <laughs> kind of overpower your life. Um, 
and you don't want to become financially dependent on doing it because you may decide that you don't want to. Um, do you check your Patreon messages? <laughs> I do. I do. Um, between, like on Twitter, I probably get 30, 40 direct messages a day. Same for Facebook, Patreon. Um, I, I try to get them done at night. It doesn't always happen. Normally on the weekends, I run through and try to get as many of them as I can. It, it's. I was not prepared <laughs> for this to reach this level, to be honest. I didn't expect it to blow up as quickly as it did. Do not have the infrastructure that a lot of operations on YouTube have. It's it's literally me, my wife, and Carrie. That that's that's the entirety of it. <laughs> um, okay, so how many languages? How many and which languages do you speak? Uh, it's languages are perishable. So if you don't use them, you lose them. I'm passable in English, Spanish, Russian. Um, I can get by in a few other languages, have a working knowledge in Arabic, um, know the basics of Chinese, little Irish, enough to get to from the airport to the hotel in a few other languages. Um, but if you, it's one of those things, there was a time when I was fluent in, in, in multiple languages, but I just don't use them as much, so I've, I've lost it. Philosophically, politically, and economically, who are your biggest influences? Um, Emma Goldman, Sophie Scholl, Hunter S. Thompson, Thomas Paine, uh, Thomas Jefferson. Mm, those were probably most influential in the beginning, and then I started branching out and getting people from other cultures. Uh, I had a lot of time to read at one point, and I although not necessarily all of the militancy, uh, I really liked the way Malcolm X thought. Um, I liked the way he processed things. And I think I learned a lot from that. Um, although I, I tend to today agree more with the Martin Luther King strategy. <laughs> um, you know, carrot and a stick, but a bigger carrot. Thank you. I am in assisted living. This looks like medical questions that my wife has answered. <laughs> uh, please tell people there's a less sketchy way to deal with a... We're totally not talking about how to do that. <laughs> uh, what is the Apple song? My wife made a joke uh, about the Apple song. The Apple song is something like... Uh, I was just an apple sitting on a tree until you came along and picked me. It's from a kid's toy. It's it's not as significant as it has been made out to be. Uh, how do you keep all of this from getting you down? Fighting a battle every day for the survival of humanity is a heavy burden when the odds are stacked against us. Well, I mean, when you say it like that, yeah, it sounds heavy. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I enjoy the fight. I do. Um, I enjoy being in it as much as possible. Uh, everybody has, it's a fight that's going to have to happen. And everybody has skills to contribute. And I, I enjoy and I'm, I'm happy that I have found my place in that. What is Nostradamus? 
forgive me if you've already done a video about that. Nostradamus was a person or people who wrote a bunch of cryptic messages that were interpreted by various people to mean different things because they were incredibly vague and they could be applied to different situations and then people could always think that they were right. Oh, I'm sorry, that says what is Q. Same thing. If you put all cops in prison and set all prisoners free, will the streets be more or less safe? Um, if you're talking about minimum, low, most medium, yeah, you could let them out. They're not a danger to society. They made a mistake. The overwhelming majority. Uh, when you get to some of the maxes, and this isn't everybody in a max either, but when you get to some of the the higher level security places, you know, people, especially people who watch this channel, we, we like to be, believe that everybody's good. And most people are. But there are bad people out there, and there are people who will continue to wrong others. Um, maybe they should be separated from society in some way. I don't believe the current prison system is the way to do it. But I, I don't think that letting them out necessarily is a good idea either. Um, I'm hoping I'm getting the real meaning of that question. It's not easy to discern truth from the news coming out of North Korea. What do you think is really happening and what do you think would happen if Kim doesn't recover? I'm not worried about it. Authoritarian governments of any kind, they're based on hierarchy. There will be a successor. Um, in some rare instances, you have infighting over who becomes the next person. But that normally doesn't spill out onto the streets. It's normally like a palace coup kind of thing. And that's fine. Um, I would hope, I would actually hope that there are some elements within his military that are less propagandized and would be more willing to come out and start engaging in the international community a little bit more. Um, so, there you go. will you be my dad? <laughs> I already got a lot of kids. Um, look, I, I know that a lot of younger people see me as a father figure of sorts, and that's fine. It's incredibly flattering. I think there's probably better role models out there, though, <laughs> to be honest. Um, let's see. Have you ever considered writing a book about your past experiences in rescue operations? <laughs> nice way to put that. Uh, I bet it would be fascinating. And there is a <laughs> there's a nice response there. Um, you can't tell those stories without telling how it's done. And the methods in which that kind of stuff is done hasn't changed much. And I wouldn't want to impact somebody else. Um, that, that's currently trying to help people because that type of stuff does save lives. Um, you don't normally think of it as a rescue. Uh, I prefer the term emergency relocation. But um, it saves lives, and, and I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to undermine that. Um, maybe a fictional book that doesn't actually include the details. Maybe that's in the future. But as far as you know, a story that's true, but the names have been changed to protect the guilty, probably not. Because I don't foresee the tactics that get used being changed anytime soon. Okay, so we're already at 11 minutes. We're going to go ahead and this is definitely going to have to be two parts. So we're going to stop real quick and it'll come right back. Oh, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So this is part two of the Twitter Q&A. 
we're doing this because some people can't make it to a live stream. So we, we've put some tweets out and we're answering the questions from them. I haven't, I've glanced at them, but haven't really read through them. So you're getting an off the hip kind of answer, just like from uh, Twitter. Um, there is a part one that you can go back and watch if you want to see that. You and Professor Darwin have both spoken about moving away from capitalism. Do you think our nation's consumer culture will ever allow that realistically? We love our stuff. Aside from consumption, what other ways would we need to change our culture to move away from capitalism? For those on YouTube, Professor Darwin is re-education, um, the channel re-education here. Okay, do I think well, it'll ever happen? Yeah, <laughs> we don't have a choice. <laughs> We're definitely going to move away from, from the consumer capitalism that we have today. We, we do not have an option. This isn't sustainable. This is not sustainable. The amount of products that are being put out is not sustainable. Um, we're going to have to alter it. It's not a matter of whether or not the system will allow it, because if the system doesn't allow it, it'll crash. Um, what are some ways to move away from it ahead of time? Some of the big things are growing your own food. All the stuff we talk about on this channel, um, you know, reduce, reuse, repurpose, recycle type of stuff that's going to help and changing your mindset to more of repairing stuff than just getting a new one getting rid of the idea of always having to to use disposables you know things that last are probably better uh, I think I missed one the immigration thing from the other day seemed like a horrific fascist move but no one else seems concerned do you think it could happen here if so would they ever reopen or keep us perpetually walled off to increase their abuse? To be honest, I don't know what this is in reference to. I don't know if this is about not uh, not giving people married to immigrants the stimulus or shutting down the borders or what. There's a, This administration does a lot of horribly fascistic stuff to immigrants like as a matter of just course. The, the wider question, do, could it happen here? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and there are a lot of conditions that are set for it to happen here. Historically speaking, a lot of the stuff we're going through are conditions that bring that type of government about. Trump could be an ideal uh, headman for that because he has that fan base. The problem is right now, because of what's going on, he's got to balance his rhetoric and he's incapable of it. He's not subtle. So I think that our current situation may have actually lessened the chances of it happening. But make no mistake, it still can. Um, who are you? You're so quiet about like anything about who you are. You've been shot, you speak three languages, you know a suspicious amount of how to break into things. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a colorful backstory. <laughs> Um, I, I try not to get, get into it, to be honest, because a lot of times once you start talking about that, once you open that door, that's all people want to talk about because it's interesting to some. I would prefer to talk about what's going on today rather than the stuff I did 10 or 15 years ago. Um, I was a contractor. I was a consultant, whatever term you want to use. Um, I did a lot of crazy stuff when I was younger. These skills and those stories, they are the skills of a misspent youth. 
starting to rain. Um, I also don't like arguing from authority, and when you present yourself as one of those type of people, that's the assumption people get. And I want, I want people to question what I say. How do you deal with people who are still skeptical about COVID-19 and thinking it's a government hoax? Don't. At this point, if they don't get it, they don't get it. Um, they're a very loud group, but they're a minority. They are a minority. They, they don't have the influence they need. Those who think it's a hoax, those who think it's overblown, that's all fine and good. They're going to find out it's not. Um, and at this point, you know, it's like triage. You do what you can, but at some point you got to move on. If they really just don't get it, they don't get it. And by this point, they're probably not going to. Uh, what has surprised you the most in the response to this? Um, the, the thing that surprised me about our res the response to the current situation with everything going around is uh, that we didn't act. You, <laughs> we have teams within DOD. We have the CDC. We have, we have entire agencies devoted to this. And it seems like they were all barred from doing their job or they couldn't get the authorization they needed to move forward. That surprised me. Um, I, I never expected it to get this far because it didn't have to. They're really good at their jobs if they would be allowed to do them. What do you think of the F-35? I can think of a whole lot uh, better ways to spend that money. Um, I think it's outdated before it's ever in the field. I think we are past the days of the fighter pilot. Uh, I think it's it's going to be drones. Um, I, th I think it's a horrendous waste of money. It, and it's suffering from the sunk cost fallacy. We've put so much into it, we don't want to scrap it. But the reality is, it's unneeded. It is unneeded. Um, will the Republican Senate ever reach the point that they stand up to Trump? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, there are a lot of Republicans that want him to tone it down, that want him to try to be a more apt leader at the moment. They're not getting what they want, and they're still not standing up to him. So, no, I, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to grow a spine until he's gone. What is your favorite U.S. coin design? Uh, the Kennedy half dollar from 1976. If you were head of the CIA, what would the agency be doing right now? Um, disbanding? <laughs> no. Um, I'm assuming you're asking what, what I think. If, if we're going to have an agency like that, what should it be doing? It's, its job, which is human intelligence. It should be focusing on human intelligence, and that is determining intent. That is something we're going to talk about in, well, I'm not going to talk about it. Deep Goat will in an upcoming video. Intent. That is what intelligence work is about. All of the intercepts and, and all of that stuff, it's great. It can tell you what happened, but it doesn't help develop good assessments about what's going to happen. And intelligence is really about figuring out the intent. It's about telling the future. If you can't do that, you're useless. Um, 
Hi, Bo. Here in Central Florida, the theme parks for Martin closed fairly early, but with tourism being vital to the hospitality industry and the majority of our tourists being international travelers, how can we assure them when DeSantis has disregarded safety measures? You can't. Not honestly. You can't. Um, the thing about it here that's so annoying is that we were so close. Here in Florida, we were so close to getting that, getting to the point where we could realistically not have problems um, with, with, with a rollout reopen. Like, we're talking weeks. And he jumped the gun. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that it is safe. I, I wouldn't, because there is still a high probability of resurgence now. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that we were over the line, because we were close. We were really close, but it wasn't certain yet. What are your thoughts on Gaia theory? Um, I, I think it's true. I think the Earth is a self-regulating entity in the sense of it's, it's all interrelated, you know, and inorganic and organic matter on the planet has to, uh, has to find a balance. We, we have to, we can still manipulate and improve our surroundings. You know, we don't have to go back to living in huts, living in caves, but we have to do it in a sustainable way. Um, and so I, I think it is a holistic approach that we would have to take when we're talking about ecology and environmental science. <laughs> What's an operator? <laughs> you dropped that term the other day and I got that you meant people who were dressed in tactical gear, but I'm not sure what the term actually means. Uh, I'm going to put a not safe for work video link down in the comment section <laughs> for this one. Um, operator, it, it used to be very, very specific to one group, um, but now it is widely used to reference anybody that is in, in the field in the special operations or even intelligence communities. That, that's an operator, but they have to be somebody in the field. Um, the terminology is changing, but yeah, it, it's, it's slang. It, it's slang for somebody who's SIL team, Delta, SAS, I don't know where you're from. Um, but it's a special operations guy. Um, which of your videos are your perennial favorites uh, that you would recommend sharing with folks who haven't heard you? I'm actually putting together a playlist on this tonight. <laughs> so you just hang on and that will exist. Um, wow, already another 11 minutes in. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and stop again and take a quick break and come back. There's a reason I do it at 10-minute marks. Um, all right, so if this is the last one you're watching, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good night, but there'll be another. <laughs> well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So it is uh, part three. <laughs> Got a lot more questions than I thought we would um, of... Uh, our Twitter Q&A. We're doing this for people who can't make it to the live stream. Now, I have glanced at these questions but haven't really read through them, so you're getting kind of an off-the-hip response. Um, okay, so where were we at? All right. If a general... 
well, <laughs> jumping right into this one. If the general strike movement does build up, do you see a possibility to have emergency services, EMT, fire, police, join such action like in France? If so, who has the numbers to mobilize on behalf of the state military? Um, a general strike is probably not something the, the government would call the military out for. Um, not even the National Guard, as long as that strike was a general strike at home, basically sheltering in place. What's happening right now? Um, now, if there were large-scale rallies, you, you might see a response from the National Guard, but it would be localized. It would be localized. I don't foresee... Um, from a defense standpoint, you would not want to mobilize your military against your own people on that scale simply because there are a lot of countries out there that would love that and might take advantage of it. It would be incredibly risky for them to do that. So I, I am a, I'm a big supporter of strikes in general um, because they're incredibly effective. Is there a path towards liberating institutions from government control without having to rebuild them entirely? Um, set up a parallel institution. In most cases, you can set up a parallel institution and borrow the good pieces from the, uh, the one that already exists and leave the bad pieces out. And if your institution is more responsive, people will turn to it rather than the government one. And then in, in that manner, you can defeat that government institution by ignoring it. Um, why do people still believe in Trump? <laughs> Sunk cost fallacy. They put so much into believing into him that they can't admit they were wrong. Um, at, at this point, if you're rational and you're looking at all of the evidence, you, you, you can't. You can't support him anymore. Um, I know a lot of people who started off as Trump supporters who have ceased to be Trump supporters um, because they did look at all the evidence. Most of those people who still support him are in echo chambers. They, they don't get out and hear other viewpoints, and they don't hear the negative things that he's done. They only hear the outlets and people who sing his praises. How would a stateless society handle something like what's going on right now? Um, with what's going around. A stateless society requires a highly educated populace. Um, how would it be handled? Exactly as it is right now. Everybody would be staying home. Everybody would take, be taking precautions. The only difference is that people would do it because they know it's the right thing to do, not because they're being told they have to. Um, there are the thing is there are a lot of there are a lot of things that could still be going on right now if people were smart enough to take the precautions if they were educated enough to take the precautions that they should while those activities were occurring the problem is we have a population that is anti-education they, they don't want to be educated a, a lot a large group of the United States is very comfortable being willfully ignorant. They think somebody else will take care of it for them. And that's true. That is true. If you don't run your life, somebody else will. And now that that's happening, they're complaining about it. 
um, the actual response would be very much the same. It just would be done without coercion. It would be done without force. Uh, sent to you an inbox. I'll have to look because that one... Okay. Would you be willing to do a video about your time as a contractor and what lessons you learned from that time? Um, in general terms, yeah. Um, I, I, that's something I could do uh, in, in general terms, but not specifics about events and stuff like that. <laughs> um, at times like this, do you believe a central government is necessary? No. No, I don't. Um, I think in many cases it's been a hindrance right now. Um, it, it goes back to that other question. The responses would be the same. The only difference is without a central government you wouldn't have as much political pressure to believe what one party says. You, you would, if you're going to build boots, if you're going to make boots, you, you consult the boot maker. And an educated populace would know that. And they would turn to the doctors. They would get the advice from them. They wouldn't get it filtered through what's best for whatever political party they enjoy. Uh, opinion on goats. I like them. They're funny. Uh, that's probably code for something I don't understand. Um, clearly there is need for revolution after this, and you often state armed would be the worst option. So is general strike the best option? Uh, I often think that we are producers and consumers, so if we can unite, we can change the game. Your thoughts on how this can be achieved? I think a general strike could be a fantastic thing. If depending on what the requests were to return to work. It all depends on how it's done. You know, the, the devil's in the details on stuff like this. The one thing I can I, I will definitely say, and I will say Tom Blue in the face, we do not want armed conflict in this country. It's <laughs> a horrible idea. <laughs> um, mo most people aren't ready for it, and it never really yields what the people want. It just sets a new group of people in power. Good ideas generally don't require force. So, but yeah, I do think um, a, a strike is a good option. I, I don't know that it's the best option, but it's definitely high up there. <laughs> um, what's your view on Earth ships? Michael Reynolds, in parentheses. I think that's the architect who, like, builds stuff out of, like, tires, right? <laughs> um, I like the general idea. Uh, like as it relates to, to Gaia theory. Um, it should be sustainable. I think that housing should be sustainable. I'm not sure we have to go to the extreme of using, you know, waste products to do it. But at the same time, I, I think he does that to highlight how much use is being thrown away in those products. I, I think there's a political motivation behind that art. All art is political on some level. Um, so what are your views on them? Yeah, I think they're a good thing. I think they're a good thing. I don't think that they have to go to the extreme that Michael Reynolds, I really hope that's the right guy, <laughs> um, does. But uh, I definitely like the idea of building more sustainable living um, and things that are within harmony with their surroundings. 
how do we deal with the stress after coming out um, and not being yourself? My state plans to lift the shelter May 1st, and I'm supposed to go back to work when the doc allows, but the anxiety and my conditioning has me down. Also, not trying to pass it to family, doubts to family. Okay, dealing with the stress of, of this it is simple. Uh, it's going to be there. <laughs> no, there is no simple way to deal with stress. You know, I, I saw that thing the other day where a boss called one of their employees, like, how are you doing? And the employee was like, I'm fine. <laughs> like, no, you're not. How are you doing? Nobody's fine right now. I, I think one of the key things to, to dealing with it is understanding that you are stressed. We all are. We all show it in different ways, but we're all stressed. Um, and finding the mechanism that allows you to deal with it because it's going to be very different than the mechanism that allows me to deal with it. Um, I wouldn't be able to give you advice on that without really knowing you. Um, pros and cons of a military coup. I <laughs> uh, want to understand the logistics and policy. Would the military be in charge until November? In the United States, um, I don't see... <laughs> I don't see that as a likelihood. I think they're just going to run out the clock. Um, and it, it, that's never something you really want because it's, once you attain that level of power, it's very hard to give it up. Um, now, you, you still have a few true blue you know, American patriots, those who believe in the Constitution, within the higher ranks of DOD. And I do believe that a, a large part of that officer corps would, if they were ever in that situation, take control and then establish elections pretty quickly. However, there's no guarantee that those would be the generals that actually wound up in charge. So it's, it's not, that's not really a safety valve. That, that's, it's a hope, maybe it works out, but if that happens, it can go really bad real quick. Um, the logistics of something like that is it's normally a palace coup. They, they, it's done all in-house and hopefully very quietly is normally how that works. Um, there's a lot of regions that have changes of government like that pretty often. Uh, okay, how do you de-stress besides moonshine? <laughs> um, as odd as this may seem, this actually helps me de-stress. Um, I like to work in the yard. I work out occasionally. Um, but, again, everybody has their own methods of coping. Okay, so we're there again. Now I guess we're going on to part four. See you in just a minute. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So I guess we're to part four of this. <laughs> this is going on a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, quick recap, if this is the first one you're tuning into, we are doing a quick question and answer from Twitter. Um, for those who can't normally make a live stream is what this boils down to. Okay, question. What steps could be taken to rehabilitate news media perception among all Americans? Follow-up questions. How dangerous should we regard sources like two that I'm totally not going to name and give air to, <laughs> um, to the public trust? Um, okay. So what steps can be taken to rehabilitate the news media's perception among all Americans? I think the first thing that they would need to do would be uh, start being 
less inflammatory, less bias. Um, and it doesn't matter which outlet you're talking about. It's, it's a matter of the fact that they all are. And this channel, I'm biased. I have biases. Everybody does. The difference is I'm, I'm pretty open about mine. <laughs> um, when they tend to present themselves as, as trusted and that they are factual and accurate, and we report, you decide type of thing, um, it, when they try to pass that off as objective, it becomes a problem, especially when their bias is very transparent. They would have to become more balanced. They'd have to live up to their marketing. It's okay to have somebody who's a right-winger, as long as you also have somebody who's a left-winger. Um, when you're talking about discussing events, there was a time when Reuters was the standard. Who, what, when, where, why. And the why is always at the end, and any speculation is marked as speculation. I think that would be a big one. And then going back to just the, the normal standard practices of journalism, like marking your stock footage, your file footage, as file, rather than trying to make it seem like you have somebody there filming it right now. Little stuff like that would go a long way. As far as those other outlets, I, uh, I don't know that I would use the term dangerous. Um, they're only dangerous if they're not countered. They're only dangerous if people aren't aware of what they are. Um, you know, one of these that you've named is actually a frequent advertiser on this channel, and I love it. I love the fact that they fund my channel, <laughs> um, denying them those resources. It, there has to be a counter to it. There has to be a counter to it. And if there is a counter to it, then it's not dangerous. If there's not, it runs amok, it, it does become dangerous. So I would not suggest, when you're talking about really inflammatory outlets, I, I do believe that mocking them is actually the right move. Even though I normally, normally think engaging is the right thing to do. Um, with them, no. There's no engaging that, that type of rhetoric those that push those kind of theories. Mock them, debunk them, move on. Let's see. What are your thoughts about how everything going on is affecting in the agricultural world? Commodities have crashed in February, and with restaurants all closed, the surplus is likely to be immense. What kind of actions should the Fed be taking to protect American against producers? I'm going to assume that's a typo. Um, American agricultural producers. I, I actually don't think there's much they need to do. I know that's counterintuitive. There's going to be uh, a surplus here. There's going to be a surplus everywhere. So it's going to be cheap. I don't think there's going to be a lot of foreign competition. I don't think people are going to want to import here because they're not going to get much for it. Um, I don't foresee that being a huge issue. Because I think the bigger issue is that surplus is going to be huge. Um, because we eat out a lot and we're not doing that right now. And that I think that I think farmers are in for a rough time. I think farmers are in for a rough time. And they're, they're probably going to need a bailout or it's just going to all become big agriculture. They're going to buy up everything. 
that that those are the two things that are going to happen. One of those, there's either going to be a bailout or it's all going to be corporate owned. Um, should the United States adopt a parliamentary system? Ah, there, there's a whole bunch of different remedies. Um, that's one, sure. Uh, <laughs> I like the idea of getting rid of parties altogether <laughs> more than anything. Um, but again, my views on where we're headed are pretty extreme. <laughs> They're pretty radical on that. So the stepping stones to get there are just that to me. They're stepping stones. I don't think they're fixes. Um, please explain the whole fifth column thing. Okay, so the fifth column, there's a story. Um, and it's it, basically there's a general. He has a city surrounded. And he's like, I have four columns, north, south, east, and west. I also have a fifth column inside the city ready to open the gates and forces the city to surrender. A rough version of the story. The name of the fifth column came from a news outlet, <laughs> um, which is still just kind of just on hiatus right now. Um, but the idea behind it was to help profile more independent voices you know, there's a lot in the major news networks. It, there's a lot of gatekeeping going on. The Fifth Column, a news outlet designed to open those gates and let more people um, have a voice in the media. That was the general idea behind it. I know people, <laughs> people read a lot into that. Um, is it even truly possible that we the people can ever have a fair representative body of electives that's not owned by the big corps? Possible? Sure. Probable? No. Um, people are corruptible. And large corporations have money. Um, representative government is good, um, but it's not perfect. Of your immigration videos, anything to do with it would be great, especially the, the new order Trump's putting in place. How could he be held accountable? I don't know that Trump would ever be held accountable for his actions, realistically. Um, I, I think that the powers that be, the establishment figures, when they get back um, the Oval Office and they get it out of the hands of this guy, they're going to want to forget about this as soon as possible. Um, I don't see... They're going to be working on mending the image of the United States. And I think that any public accountability of Trump might undermine that in their eyes. I think it's necessary, but I don't know that they will. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm interested to see. In the absence of a coherent federal response, is there value in participation via platforms like this? Hang on, because I don't know what this is. Um... A symptom tracker. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I'm all about decentralization when it comes to everything. <laughs> so the more information in the more hands, the better. Um, you know, a lot of the big breakthroughs have not been coming through government auspices. They've been coming through people working together. So I, I, I definitely, I don't know anything about that particular, or that particular app, but yeah. I mean, the, one of the things I use is actually a thermometer, like a uh, Internet of Things. It's tied to the web. 
and one of the things I use to track it is actually the readings from these thermometers. Um, so that kind of information is useful. Um, okay. I'm interested in your take on free market capitalism versus cronyism. The former is often referred to in place of the latter. I've been guilty of it myself. Free market capitalism can only exist without a government. <laughs> um, it, that, that's, that's the reality of it. As soon as the government comes to play, come into play, there's corruption, there's cronyism, it happens. And if under free market capitalism, without a government, you're going to very quickly have a de facto government. Um, those with the money make the rules. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't see a whole lot of difference. I know people like to draw that that difference. I don't know that it's as significant as a lot of people make it um, at the end of the day. Okay, so here we are again, 10 minutes. So we're going to go ahead and stop and come right back. Man, I did not think there were going to be this many questions. <laughs> Oh, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So we're back for part whatever this is now. I really did not expect this many questions. Um, okay, so can we see the rest of your shop? I know it's not a set, so I want a tour. Uh, yeah, just not right now. It's not exactly what I would call presentable. Um, as a disaster recovery specialist for a government medical system, what mitigation steps would you suggest that I add to my DR plan to mitigate a smoking hole catastrophe? <laughs> um, I'd be prepared to work with a lot less resources than you normally would. If something is going to go down right now, it's going to tax an already taxed system. I would be ready to respond with only your personal resources, your your system's resources. Um, what candidate was your favorite this year? Uh, I don't have favorite candidates. I have policies. I, 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 that, and that's not a dodge. I try not to support individual candidates. I, I support policies and ideas. Um, I think the drive to look for a a candidate to back is becoming the more important thing rather than finding the policies that you agree with. What are Republicans are Republicans are killing Americans. Democrats are pretending they care, pretending they're helpless when they're actually co-conspirators. What are we going to do about it? Um, I, I don't know how to respond to that, honestly. There's a whole lot in this that I'm not sure that I agree with. Um, there, there's the idea that this is, and maybe it's just the way I'm reading it, but it makes it seem intentional, and I don't want to go, I don't want to go down that road. Um, I would, I would need more more information about what you're meaning here. Generally speaking, when you're talking about responding to something, especially government corruption in general, I, I believe in a diversity of tactics. How does one develop your journalistic skill set? I would focus more on writing, producing your, your final product and it being accurate. If you focus on accuracy, everything else will come. You will learn how to research, you will learn how to um, interview, you'll learn how to investigate. If your primary 
objective is to turn out a piece that is as accurate as possible. Do you think the elimination of political parties combined with serious campaign finance report, reform repeal of Citizens United and the Patriot Act and strict term limits might get us closer to sanity? They're good stepping stones. <laughs> They're definitely putting us on the right track. Um, I'm new to your platform, so you may have already discussed this, but as a fellow Southerner in Louisiana with a BA in Communication Studies, I would love to hear your perspective on unlearning the racist, sexist undertones of Southern culture. I have done some videos on this, um, and I will link them. I'll try to find this, this video in this giant stream that's going to be put out. Um, let's see. How will, how will we ever remedy all the federal judges Trump has appointed? Over time, um, yeah, yeah, that's going to be a huge delay. That's going to cause a lot of issues down the line. But we have to hope that they become less empowered once Trump is out of office. Uh, being from a lot further south than y'all, Australia, um, I wonder, does the average American ever consider how they look in the eyes of the world? Because at the moment, it's not looking so great. Doesn't that bother you? You have an opinion, but um, yeah, we don't. Generally speaking, Americans do not try to put themselves in anybody else's shoes, much less <laughs> foreigners, gosh. Um, it's not something we do. We're generally speaking, and this isn't true for everybody. It's a huge generalization, but we're a country of people who are, you know, we're number one, we're number one, and we've been told that so long that we believe the mythology. We're a nation that, in many of our schools, the maps have our continent centered in it and literally cut the other continents in half at the edges of the paper just because it's not, it's not as important. Um, that, that's what we're dealing with here. So I, I don't think that it's a common thing for Americans to look at themselves through other people's eyes. We should. Out of all of our current newsmen we have nowadays, you are one of the closest we have to Hunter S. Thompson, a gonzo journalist. Um, that's a huge compliment if, if you don't know my opinion of him. Yeah, thank you. Who are some journalists you would recommend? I recommend journalists based on their, their current work, um, not their their past work. <laughs> I think it's important when you're consuming information to get as many different viewpoints as you can from as many different sources as you can and try to find the, the pieces that all match. That's how you find truth. That's how you find truth. Okay, so now we're on to the last call. One. Let's see. Um, when are you going live? <laughs> yeah, I should have done this as a live stream. I didn't know there were going to be this many questions. <laughs> uh, is it okay to out an anti-vax, anti-mask protester in your town who interacts with the public like real estate agents asking for a friend? Um, generally, when you're asking somebody if it's okay, what you're asking for is moral and ethical advice. Um, when you're talking about something like this, you know more information than anybody else, and you have to decide whether or not it aligns with your morals and your ethics. Um, if these people are 
posing a danger to society, it might be important for people to know. I mean, if this is somebody who um, would try to ride it out and knowingly go around while while infected, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be something you, you should probably disclose. <laughs> um, however, if it's somebody that all they do is go, you know, leave their house and go open a, a door um, or even just fax out information. They may not even be showing houses right now. Um, they may just be using the little lockbox things. And maybe not. Um, there, there's, there's a lot of details here that, that I don't know. But it's something you would have to decide on your own. Fairy farmers. Dairy farmers are dumping millions of gallons, hogs and chickens, buying buried cattle next. Crops riding in the field from restaurant closures all at the same time the purchases are being rationed. If consumers don't seek, do seek out producers, it will not sort itself out. Yeah, I mean, there, there's not a question there, but yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there are going to be long-lasting impacts, um, especially from in the agricultural sector. Your hope meter, what level is it at? It's always full. <laughs> it's always full. Um, I do agree that hope is a dangerous thing, and I think everybody should remain dangerous. Stay full of hope. So sometimes it's the only thing you got. Um, how do you instill promote your political values into your children? Uh, I expose my children to my political views. Um, I also expose them to other ones. I hope. My idea is that if my views are right and my children are exposed to a wide variety of views, they'll probably come to mind. Um, I don't try to create little ideological foot soldiers. <laughs> I think that by the way I live and them seeing what I do, I take them with me when I go do my activist stuff, I think they'll see that that's that is the best way. But I would not be upset if they came to a different conclusion. Because it would mean, at the very least, I taught them to think for themselves. Um, please give people a heads up to start growing their own food, buying wholesale, buying direct from farmers. Lots of food available, but major disruptions to supply chains. Yeah, that, that's a huge part of this channel. Like, even under normal circumstances, I say grow your own food. <laughs> um, is this the end of the world as we know it? Yeah, but so was yesterday and the day before. Um, the world is constantly changing. We shouldn't want it to be static. We should want it to change. Are your parents political? Not like I am. Um, let's see. What's up with the shovel? <laughs> Uh, what's the odds of an NCAA football this fall? I have no idea. Your favorite movie, book, rock band, beer and hamburger joint? I don't even know. Um, hamburger joint, I can answer. It's called Tops in Niceville, Florida. <laughs> Is it true many of these early to open states like Georgia and Florida are partly doing it to avoid unemployment payments. Maybe. 
Maybe. That's a possibility. Where are all the black male psychologists? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. So that was all the questions. I'm uh, sorry it's in so many parts. I didn't know it was going to turn out like this. Um, but we're going to do something similar um, for Patreon. That was a question that was in my email box. Um, do I answer my messages on Patreon? I do. But I get a whole lot. Um, from all the different social media, it takes time. We're going to do another one, and we will do that live stream so it doesn't end up being broken up like this. Uh, anyway, so uh, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good night.